Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, it's Caroline from G-Things Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G-Things Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G-Thanks, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Welcome to a midweek episode of G Thanks Just Bought It, uh, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss. I'm joined by my guest co-host, Sally Tamarkin. Sally, you heard her last week. We were talking about getting high and watching 90s commercials, which um, unfortunately could not have been a better diagnosis for Friday's world news activity. Uh, Sally, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here. The timing was great for Mm -hmm. the release of the episode. Uh, So thank you for releasing it when you did because it helped me. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly ordered weed that night. Delivery weed, which is one of LA's best things. Um, Yeah. LA is just a whole different universe. (laughs) A whole different vibe, as they say here in LA. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I ordered a bunch of weed and a bunch of gummies and um i was just chatting with the guy who delivered it and he was like oh my god it's so busy like it has not been this busy since oh really oh yeah like a, a friday everyone like gave in to their vices and they were like we are gonna we are going to do some substances he yeah. said it was so if busy you're not gonna, if you're not gonna self-medicate uh the day of a historic Yanking away of crucial human rights. When are you going to self-medicate? Truly. And then I also topped that off with I ordered pizza for me and Dan, but I ordered enough pizza for eight people and we still finished it. So it was a really nice Friday night. And uh, I basically I'm just going to have to do that every night till the end of time. Yeah, that's like I mean, there's no other way to deal with. I mean, listen, existence generally is difficult and painful. But yes. uh days like Friday uh and every day since has been even more kind of unbearably painful. And I, I don't want to sound like hyperbolic or like I'm being glib or something like that. No, it's true. I'm not. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um and it's just been like uh it's really hard to know how to what to do, like what to do with yourself. Yeah, uh, it sucks. And also it is like playing. I have been so upset about so many different things happening mm-hmm. in the world in the last couple months, but also in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. probably longer. Um, sure. And it's very difficult because 
the stages of grief, the stages of coming to terms with these things, they happen so fast back to back that we are just constantly Mm -hmm. in a stage of grief. Like we don't even get to Mm -hmm. cycle out into another stage where it's like, okay, now I'm mad and I'm going to go organize or now I'm this and I'm going to do that. I mean, we do, but we don't. Right. I mean, I was called, I mean, like gun control, what happened in Texas was not that long ago. Like it was Mm -hmm, weeks mm -hmm. and I'm still upset about that. And now we have this and it's like, it is just never ending. So it's really important that if you, I don't know, the internet would make you believe that it's your job to inform yourself like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And like, and that like turning away from that is a privilege. And like, yes, of course, being able to turn off the news is a privilege, but like, that doesn't mean you shouldn't use that privilege to your own advantage, which is that getting to take a break means that you're more prepared to actually do objectionally um, or objectively rather the word like good productive work in terms of like the change that you want to make. Like there is no change that comes from just sitting and like making yourself miserable looking at every single tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I want to say a couple things. One is I totally agree. It's like one phase. It's like, it's not even like one phase after the other. It's like, we're just in kind of one constant undifferentiated phase of getting really bad news and figuring out how to process it and then what action to take around it. And Mm -hmm. it feels very whiplashy. Um, For example, I recorded an episode of my podcast. Oh, uh, uh, I forgot the name of my podcast for a second. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds so much like G Thanks that sometimes I can't remember which one. Uh, <laughs> G Thanks, I like I that. Host. Oh, G Thanks. G Thanks, I like that. Um, <laughs> and I had to record, I mentioned in that episode, uh, I, I just made like a passing reference to terrible things that had happened in the world and a bad court decision. And I had to record a bumper before the episode was released because I actually wasn't even talking about Roe v. Wade. I mean, Dobbs, you know what I mean? Like I was talking about another bad thing and another bad court decision. Yeah. You need to be um, specific. Just in, <laughs> right. Just in the, in the like three days that elapsed between like recording and releasing, it was, um, I needed to, re- I needed to like acknowledge a new tragedy. So it's, it's really hard. And I think like what you said about people like the internet would have you believe that if you turn away, it's a privilege, et cetera. One thing that is finally becoming clear to me um, is that like everyone has to start trying to just, just be cool, just be a little cool, get a little bit of a grip. Like, cause we were talking about this in our group chat, Caroline, that like people are, have like kind of lost the plot. Like I think everyone everywhere in every direction, including myself, where it's like, you're so frantic and you're so freaked out that it's like everything you see online uh, is like fueling how freaked out you are and how frantic you feel. And anytime someone says something, you're like, oh my God, it it really is pandemonium and chaos. And I do have to do that. Oh my God, I have to do that thing too. And that thing and that thing. And like, we do really have to do a lot of things and shit is really serious right now. But I think a really important thing to do is also to just like get a grip and remember that like we are human beings outside of what we consume on the internet and we can make good decisions 
for ourselves around what we do and when we do it. And I don't say that to say like, uh, don't let people talk you into taking action. Everyone relax because I, I think everyone needs to be talked into taking action. Right. But the the pace that the like social media demands that we feel things and process things uh, is I just I don't think it's sustainable, and I also don't think it helps. I know it certainly doesn't help me kind of take in and think about and process and then figure out how to move forward and take right. action on things. It just feels like a nonstop onslaught. Yeah. And and the important thing to remember too, and Sally, I say this to you as I, I know that you organize um, in Philadelphia and you're very involved in like a move towards a more progressive county, city, state. But also remember to everyone else that like, there are so many, no one is calling on you to come up with a step one solution. I I feel like there's a lot of people who feel like we have to reinvent the wheel. We don't. The, the work is already being done by lots of people. You have to just join them um, and they'll be happy to have you. And, and it actually is very easy. You, they have done the hard part and you get to do the easy part, which is just join um, and mm-hmm. help amplify and elevate those messages. And I say this very broadly because this covers a wide range of topics, gun control, um, our right to our body autonomy, uh, health care, Black Lives Matter, uh, the abolitionist movement. Um, it all exists out there. Most of it, honestly, is intersectional. And when where you find one, you will find another. Um, but it exists. And so those are all people, too, who are sort of real pillars, um, I think, in in these sort of situations, because what we see on the internet following this kind of stuff is the pandemonium reactionary um, porn that's like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe it. Like, I, too, cannot believe that Roe has been overturned. But also, if I step back, I can believe it. Because mm-hmm. literally, uh, this is not a surprise. And we knew this was coming. And we knew it was definitely coming in the beginning of May because we literally saw the leaked opinion. So a lot of the first reaction is going to be like, oh, my God, this the sky is falling. But, babe, the sky's been falling. So it's fine. Uh, but you can join. there are, uh, In every pocket of America... Um, there are people who have already been keeping their heads down doing this work. You can join them. Um, you know, organizing requires many minds and also many talents. So bring what you're good at to the table and someone will find a job for you. I promise. Um, but also you got to take care of yourself too. It's not, you're not wrong for getting really high and eating eight servings of pizza. You're not. And I'm not (laughs) either. (laughs) You're right for doing that, if anything. Exactly. Um, Anything you want to add to the organization message? Yeah, I just want to say, like, I've really appreciated what you've been doing on the G-Thanks Instagram, um, where you've just kind of been talking about how you're thinking about our current political moment and how how your thinking has changed and evolved. I, I think that, like, a, a really meaningful thing that, and I, I say this as a white person, that I think white people can do is talk to other white people about that kind of evolving. And I think, you know, there's, I, I used to be an organizer 
like for my job. And we worked with a lobbyist who would explain to us where different elected officials sat on, uh, where they were on our issue by assigning a number from one to five. Mm. And one, people who are ones really supported our bill, which was a trans rights bill. They, nice. um, they supported it. They championed it. They would um, talk to their colleagues about it. They would raise the bill on the floor. Twos were supportive, but wouldn't necessarily bring other people along. Maybe they wouldn't stand up and raise the bill, but they would vote with us. Threes were undecided. Fours were like the equivalent of twos, but on the other side. They would vote right. no on our bill, but they also wouldn't spend time trying to get their colleagues to vote no. And fives, five were the were the ones, <laughs> the organizers hated of the, bill. Yeah. the others. Yeah. Not only did they not want to vote, they wanted to vote no, they they didn't want anyone else to vote yes. And they would spend their time trying to talk their colleagues out of supporting us. And we basically divided our time up. We were like, okay, so fives, probably the return on investment isn't going to be great. So what we can do is see if we can get threes to become twos. And you know, the, let's bring those undecided people to our side. And those twos who support us Let's see if we can get them to champion us. And I think like that thinking, I, I come back to that a lot because, you know, there are people in my life, not a lot, but like a few here and there who I would say are like fives, maybe not on a particular issue, but in terms of like, they're still talking about, and Caroline, tell me if you don't me to go here, but like, they're still mad at like people who voted for Bernie or like not having elected Hillary. Actually, those aren't really fives. Let me, let me start over. That's not right. Um, well, I, well I, I get what you're saying. Like there is a spectrum. The, the parties don't always all agree, but, but what the Republicans do very well is that they have their core issues and they make them sort of like the non-negotiables of being members of their party. Whereas I feel like there's more factions within a more like liberal. There's a spectrum of being liberal, right? Yeah. So you, ha so you have so people who are more moderate, more centrist, and who still believe that Bernie bros are the reason why Trump got elected. And right. I don't. Exactly. That, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, there some of those people may be like fours or fives where it's like they're, they have their heels dug in. Like this is really important to their identity to like believe that like Bernie was the cause of this. So I'm not going to like worry about them, but you know, there are some people who maybe are leaning that way. And I feel like Caroline, like you shared screenshots of conversations with people that I think fit this category yes. where, you know, they're not on, they're not fours and fives, but maybe they're threes leaning fours where, if someone c comes to them and pulls them towards one or two, they will go. They just need to be pulled there. They need someone to sit down with them and do what you did, which is you talked about your journey. You talked about how you changed and evolved. And I think that, you know, that I think that's a really powerful thing that we can do. Um, as and I, I'm not sure about the listenership of the show, but if you're listening to this and you're white, I think that's like a really great way to to spend your energy in, mm -hmm. in a moment where it feels like, oh my God, everything needs to happen. There has to be so much to do. And to your point, Caroline, like 
you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The hardest stuff has been done. Now yeah. we just need like people to actually do the work that other people are saying like, hey, we need you to do this. And it, yeah. in fact, I would say it's better to defer to those activists and organizers who have who have a deep familiarity with the issues, who have a deep familiarity with the structural impediments and all that stuff. That's right. And 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 what I'll add to that too, because I think this is something that I missed in my conversations that I had yesterday is like, you know, I, we're all allowed to like grow and evolve and change. Like that's the point, um, of living and like, and like becoming an adult, you know, like in 2015, when those debates started, when everyone was like, this is so funny, Trump's running for president. Like, that's so funny. Like the very beginning of this, where it was like, wait, that's hysterical. Like, oh my gosh, crazy. Mm -hmm. Before it became mm -hmm. like, holy shit, this reality. You know, I was 27 years old. Like, I would hope I'm different now. I would hope right, I right, believe right, differently right, yeah. now. But at the time, and I have no problem saying this, I found Bernie bro culture to be extremely polarizing. Um, Trump was incredibly scary to me. And I was very much like, we need everyone to vote for Hillary. And like, you might as well just vote for Trump if you're voting for Bernie. I'm embarrassed of that belief now, but I, I spent the last seven years figuring out why that was wrong. But also the the moment we were at um, in 2015, 2016 is so much different than where we're at now. You know, we're coming off of eight years of a president that like most people liked. And uh, if you're more organized in, in, the socialism scene, uh, you'll learn why maybe Obama wasn't the best, but from like a, uh, fun, fun perspective, people really liked Obama. And I think people kind of thought, and I was one of them, you know, wow, like we have a black president, like we can only move forward. Like we are only moving forward. Like things can only go up from here. And you think that by the time you get a black president elected into office, you know, that means everything under him, every, position in, in authority and power must be in the right spot for that to have happened. Right. And I think what, what I've learned is that you can be in the bluest state possible and there are still going to be issues and inequalities, uh, throughout your community, your County, your state. Um, and if those don't sit right with you, even if you do live in the bluest of blue places, and I happen to, and I happened to before when I lived in New York, um, then yeah, you actually, what you are hoping for is for something more progressive and more change. And that is a lot less scary to think of than seeing the sound bites on Twitter um, of people being like, there should be no cops. And I think when people hear, oh my gosh, there should be no cops, you forget that there's like tons of research, tons of data, tons of information to back up the abolitionist movement, right? This isn't just like a bunch of people got together and decided to say there should be no cops with no plan. And when I started really getting involved was um, with uh, like bail fund movements in New York and really looking at data about how our prison system works, um, how our police systems work, the origins of both of those things, how they're rooted in racism, how they're institutionalized to uh, hurt the most marginalized and vulnerable communities. And you can actually look at that work. Like Sally said, like, all I had to do is read it. I didn't have to write it and I didn't have to research it myself, but the information is there. And so when you, you get nervous when people say, you know, no more cops, but like, I would encourage you to just take a breath. If you see something like that and it, and your first reaction is like, oh my God, like, that's insane and extreme. And that, and saying no more cops doesn't mean that there's a plan 
take a step back, access some of this information, and you'll see that there are actually plans in place. And like what Sally said, all you have to do is just join the fight and be another voice because that's how you build a majority. Um, We didn't plan to talk so much about this in the beginning, but I do think that those conversations I had were important. And I'm not embarrassed to say that, like, you know, I went to, (laughs) I said this in the group chat that like the women's March, like I look back on it and I lol at myself because it's like, we were really, I mean, I was, I won't put everyone at the same path that I'm on and the timing that I'm on. I was very naive back then, you know? And I think a lot of people were, and as a white woman, you know, like that's my job to sort of reflect and grow. And I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are white. Um, and I hope that, uh, if the Instagrams I posted, um, the other day were helpful to you that you just start reading and researching and realizing that there is, uh, a better way. And that doesn't mean that it's easy and it's not going to be as easy as just showing up to the polls, but there's more to it and get involved, get into it. Yeah. Get into it. Get involved. Um, I think it's really important to be able to talk about how we learned and how we're growing and how we'll continue to. And I'm sure Caroline will be recording a podcast in six years talking about how embarrassing it is to think about how we acted in 2022. Totally. Um, I hope so. And it, it, Yeah. And that's, that's the way it should be. And I think, um, you know, I <laughs> there's a there's a church near me that has a a sign out front, you know, and they change, they have the letters that they swap out all the time. And uh, for a while they had on that sign, just the phrase, welcome, can you go a little further? (laughs) And I think about that all the time because I think about like, you know, people who are, the thing that I think about a lot recently as a non-binary person is people who are really outraged about Roe. And it, People who I've never seen talk about anything political online are completely outraged and but using exclusively gendered language, like sort mm. of refuse to use like inclusive non-gendered language to talk about Roe. And my responses to that is welcome. Can you go a little further? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know, you've never been political, you've never been involved, but now you're here. Okay, cool. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Let's let's go a little further. And I think, you know, especially if if you spend enough time on certain parts of the internet, it can sort of feel like, um, oh, well, if I haven't been involved this whole time, and if I haven't been this progressive and this leftist this whole time, then I'm not going to be wanted and I should not do anything. I should stay away. And I think that any, I, I, I feel like pretty confident that if you are an earnest person who cares about liberation and social justice, people want you in their movements no matter when you come to them. Yeah. And you are allowed to have held opinions and beliefs that you no longer hold. No one is asking for a little tiny baby socialist since birth. And absolutely. That's how you learn. I would liken this time in history, hopefully, to sort of what we saw in May and June 2020, which is that people who were like, yeah, of course, I believe Black Lives Matter, but like, it feels weird for me to shout it because I don't, you know what I mean? Like, there were a lot of, all of a sudden, everyone's like, Black Lives Matter. And it's like, wow, you guys were also afraid to say that for mm-hmm. the last six years of this movement. 
um, and six years meaning since Ferguson, but obviously for a lifetime and a history of this movement. Uh, but then people started getting comfortable because you start talking about it in language that you understand and you start looking at situations like what happened in Central Park to the black man who was birding and Amy mm-hmm. Cooper, who threatened to call the cops on him for doing nothing. And you can literally look at that and say, actually, no, I don't agree with that. And this is kind of another moment where it's like, forget the labels and the names and what you think a movement is about. Literally, all you have to do is look at a situation and say, like, if if you think we can do better than what's happening here, there is a movement waiting for you. Uh, That's a beautiful way of putting it. So thank you. I'm, I am a beautiful speaker. Uh, you're beautiful inside and out. <laughs> inside no, that, and out. that's, <laughs> I want to talk about your beauty for a second. No, but like <laughs> that, I, I, that is true. That's what it's about. And I think that, I think there are a lot of people out there. I think there are a lot of G thanks heads. G thanks um, heads. Mm-hmm. Um, as there are like heads and just people in general out there who are, who are maybe liberals or leftists or somewhere in between who actually, once they embrace being even more progressive and moving even further to the left, it feels better. It feels more consistent with your values. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the, because there have been times in my past where, for, for example, I really, really liked Elizabeth Warren. I really, really liked her. And around like before Bernie ended up being the candidate, um, I moved away from Elizabeth Warren because I felt like Bernie had a more um, – I, I felt like he, what he was doing and the way he was building a base and the way he was talking about various issues and policies felt more liberatory to me than the way mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren talked about There are things about Elizabeth Warren I think are completely great and awesome. And I don't like Hillary Clinton. I've never liked Hillary Clinton. And I did really like Elizabeth Warren. But I moved away from, from Elizabeth Warren. And when I did and I embraced I, – I had also been really turned off by Bernie Bro, by Bernard Brothers, as I started calling them. <laughs> and, yeah. and But once I sort of stopped paying attention – the thing is, on the internet, you can find the like worst hyper in, hi, yeah. yeah hyper intense yeah. worst version of anything. Of whatever so the worst you want to find, Bernard yes, Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once I let go of them, and I talked to my friends who were really big Bernie fans because of um, Bernie heads, you know, we'll say. Has has, Bernie has, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like this is all much more consistent with my, with my actual values as a person. Mm. And the fit felt so much more comfortable to me and it felt easier to get involved. It felt easier to talk about things. I'm not out here saying that. I, no one who runs for president is ever going to represent me and my beliefs fully and completely. Like this is always a matter of like, um, who who's a little better than someone else who's a little bit less bad than someone else right. but i i when i heard you know bernie's vision for healthcare versus elizabeth warren's or whatever i was like okay this actually feels more consistent i don't have to argue as much i don't have to like i don't i don't know like if other people are deranged online sickos like me where you feel like you're constantly having to explain why you're supporting someone. Once I let go of that and was just doing stuff that was consistent with my values, in this case, Bernie, I just, all that other nonsense fell away and I could just like 
be useful. And so, that's so I guess that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, just, just yeah. let all that shit go. If you see, if you think to yourself, I think we can do better, let everything else go and just do work. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I was a, I, I'm a Liz Warren head, I gotta say. And like, that was really where my loyalty lied up to 2020. Uh, but you did vote for Hillary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Right. I think a lot of people don't. I think what was happening too with the Bernard brothers. Oh, yeah. That's good to make clear. I did. I did. Is that, of course yeah. I did. Yeah. And you voted for <laughs> Biden. And what I liked, I don't know if yeah. you saw this story because I just want it because it, it makes no sense to just regurgitate. I mean, to just say it in my own words, I'll just read what Hannah Jers Allen, who is a listener, um, a queer woman in LA and uh, an organizer in LA, she wrote me this message and I'll read it. And I think this is the most important thing um, to understand when you hear someone say, burn it all down. When you hear someone say like, fuck the two party system. Um, Mm -hmm. She wrote uh, in regards to the politics convo, the language that I've learned about the importance of voting is about harm reduction. I did not vote for Joe Biden because I believed he would change anything. I voted for him. So marginalized people would face less harm over the following four years than if Trump was elected again. I have no illusions that the Democrats are going to save us. They have proven over and over that they won't. We will. We will save us by doing grassroots organizing in our communities, getting involved in mutual aid and working for local change. Even a lot of local politics and voting is harm reduction. But you are seeing right now in these primaries leading up to these midterms, way more progressive candidates. And the problem that I have, I think, with a lot of the messaging from like the original Bernard brothers was that this idea of like being like Bernie or bust and I'm not going to show up to vote. If you don't vote at all, then yes, that is a way to get Republicans elected because uh, they show up to vote um, and they always do. But you are also allowed, it is not contradictory to the movement of a more progressive America, of a more equitable America to go show up at the polls and vote for Joe Biden because it's not going to happen overnight. And Bernie heads and Liz Warren heads worked hard um, in the hopes of getting someone a little bit more progressive in the Democratic nominee seat. It didn't happen. It is your job to both create harm reduction and put in the vote for whatever Democrat is on the ballot in that moment, the most progressive one you got. And if that's Joe Biden, okay. Uh, hopefully one day there will be someone a little bit better on that ballot. Um, and also then go back to your, your community. You have not abandoned anyone. You have not gone against anything that you believe in. It is all part of the process of doing this work, which is that we don't let Trump take office just because we're not pleased with everyone at the top level. We start low and local. Right. And I have to say like, you know, if, and I'm speaking to my people who are white people, like, um, because I, and that's who, that's my experience. Like if you're telling me that you're not going to vote because you don't like the choices you have, I'm going to need you to be like doing things in your community. Like if, if you're, if you're not going to vote because you, you wanted to vote for Bernie and he's not on the bill, please show me what it is you're doing that is materially improving. Yes people's lives or organizing people because that is not like, a protest to not vote in other words. No, other- it doesn't. Right. And, and honestly, like, I think that we all 
should probably be a lot better at participating in ways that are not voting. You know, like voting is, feels really bad lately. (laughs) Like it's, I really, really, really hated voting for Hillary in 2016, I have to be honest. And um, I didn't love voting for Biden, even though I was like thrilled at the idea that Trump wouldn't be in office anymore. But, um, you know, you, you do those things because first of all, it's better than not doing them. And also because people who are out, out there on the ground, people who are organizing and spend their time and blood, sweat, and tears trying to make mm. a better world for us, those mm. people are telling us to vote, even though, yeah. you know, it's the, it's, it's a totally. lesser evil situation. That, and yeah, like also, big, oh no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say like, also like voting might not feel good. First of all, vote locally for sure. Like you're saying, Caroline, but also like participate in mutual aid in your community, like mm-hmm. get involved, like do, do things that actually make people's lives materially better. Like if someone is out here being like, I don't vote, but then they're showing me all the ways they show up in their local community and the ways they make people's lives materially better. Okay. Like I, I'm not going to argue with you, but I feel like 0% of people who refuse to vote because Bernie wasn't available to vote, to be voted for 0% of those people are doing that stuff in communities. Thousand percent. Um, yeah. And we um, we hear the G thanks heads are very um, involved in mutual aid because that was something that we all started doing as a community in 2020. Um, and I think it really opened up people's eyes to the idea that like you can literally do very small things that directly impact the people in your backyard and uh, around you. And it doesn't have to feel as uh, sort of muted as just like giving $10 to like some national organization that pays for a lot of overhead. There are ways to also check these things, but I always say go the mutual aid route if you're going to give money to anything. Um, yeah, t- absolutely. But also too, yeah, like if I think there's a huge common misconception that people who want change so badly also don't show up to vote. And I think it's actually quite the opposite. Um, Everyone who wants change that I know is always voting. They're never not voting. They vote like every day. They're always doing voting. They're always voting. They're always always voting. voting. They're always out there voting. I, uh, that, that stream of like that way of thinking is something that I saw a lot on the internet, but similarly don't really know anyone in real life who was like, well, I'm not going to the polls because I can't cast the vote for like the dude I like. I will say though, too, there were a lot of people in 2020 who were doing kind of the opposite thing, which was like, um, if, if Bernie gets the nomination, I won't vote. Like I will only vote for Biden. And, and I tried to start some fights on Facebook about that and no one really responded. But like when people said stuff like that, I I tried to comment and be like, can we talk about this? But you know, it's, everyone is like, America pilled. I think a, a lot of white people are America pilled where yeah. we 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 think it's our privilege to sit out of anything we don't like and do the things we want to do and yeah. when we don't like something we take our ball and go home and that that's not going to make anything better for anyone. That just that just makes us selfish and annoying. You said it. I mean for real. <laughs> like 100%. I just I think like, you know, a real I think a, really good way to just start thinking about this stuff is like the way that I felt about it worth repeating, which is that for my entire life, I've only lived in very blue, very liberal, very Mm -hmm. democratic cities. 
for college growing up after college now. And I could very easily run a list of 10 things I think could improve um, where I live. And all of those things are in the hands of different people that I have to cast votes for every few years at different Mm -hmm. levels of politics. And when you put it that way and you realize Joe Biden's not coming to your town to help Mm -mm. you, but your Mm -mm. city council woman or man or person is, uh, those are the most, think about your, you know, think about who the president of your district is, you know what I mean? Like who can actually enact change? It's all people at the local level. Um, and that's really where we have to start because the president technically isn't really going to help us specifically have a better community. You know, that really doesn't, that's not up to them. Uh, and I think that people really forget that. Yeah, that's uh, totally true. I can I recommend a book? Yeah, because always y- because you said something that I thought was really important. You you were talking about like abolition, and people hear that and they they think like we we're, that's just tearing down something. What what's going to go in place of that? And it made me think of a book I read uh, by Angela Davis called "Are Prisons Obsolete?" And you can actually read the whole thing online. It's like 65 pages. It's a really, really good read. And a lot of it is about how um, in the United States, it's really hard to even imagine what it would look like to have a society that didn't depend on incarceration and the, uh, and like incarceration as punishment, as a way of dealing with harm and wrongdoing. It's mm-hmm. it's so hard. It, it's almost like, I mean, I'm stumbling for words thinking about how to describe it because the way in our society that we think about it is like, you do a crime, you go to jail. You don't think, there's no thinking about like who was harmed, how were they harmed? How do we the determine the crime? And like, what, what does crime even mean? And like, right. can, can, can accountability exist without... Anyway, it's it's a really really incredible like meditation on mm. incarceration and abolition and prisons and just a, a big part of it is Angela Davis talking about how hard a time we have even imagining an alternative but then she shows you what some alternatives could be to thinking about this stuff and I think that in particular if if abolition is difficult to get your mind around or or if when people say like abolish uh, defund the police, abolish prisons, if that feels um, frightening to you and you don't understand how it would work. I think that's fair because in the United States, we are socialized to think that the way it works is you commit a crime, you go to jail. Um, but there are other ways to think about these things. And yeah. it, it'll just, reading this book has expanded my ability to imagine other kinds of things. Um, so, I think it's really helpful. Uh, it's it's just it's it's just really good. It's Angela Davis. What do I mean to tell you? Our prison's obsolete. It's from two thousand three. Uh, okay, I'm I'm definitely going to read that. Um, and I would recommend if you've been kind of feeling like a, the Handmaid's Tale references are overwhelming to read Parable to Sar, uh, by yeah. Octavia Butler. Um, That'll do it because you know this has also been a black person's problem and a trans person's problem and an indigenous person's problem um, uh, throughout the history of this country. And, you know, 
similarly to probably how a lot of us felt in 2016 when Trump was elected. Um, I know I did, and I, I'm not afraid to say that. And I know that um, I'm not alone in this is like, oh, wow. Like when it actually when they come for you, you know, like when you it starts to be about you, it's very easy to be like, holy shit, like, can you believe it? But remember that there are a lot of marginalized and vulnerable communities uh, that can believe it. Um, because it's been happening to them the entire time. Uh, and that's the other thing, too, is that the, the Democrats um, will have you believe that this is a uh, a country with a two-party system. One party is very good and one party is very bad. But the reality is both are bad uh, in lots of different ways. Um, but they were formed to protect and serve uh, very few people, um, actually. And uh, you can imagine something better and allow yourself to imagine something better. Don't let anyone talk you into thinking that this is the only way it could be because it's just not the truth. Um, I will put that book in the show notes. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll send you if you want. There's a link to like, well, you, or you can Google it if you want, but there's a link to you to read it online. Yeah. Um, wait, Caroline, you just said something that made me want to. Oh, you know, I was going to say like, I think that I noticed this also after Trump was elected. And mm -hmm. in part, I noticed it because my partner, it works with a lot of like works in social justice. And so she knows and follows a lot of organizers and activists. Mm -hmm. If you follow organizers and activists, like mm -hmm. they aren't like throwing themselves on the floor and like pounding the floor and screaming and crying and wailing yeah. the way the Democratic Party is, yes. like the Democratic Party leadership is, and the way that like a lot of well-intentioned liberal, cis, white, straight people are, yes. like they're like, okay, this is really bad. It's been really bad for a while. We've known we this knew was this coming. was coming. Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's keep doing the work. And you know, yep. not to downplay like the despair and that many people are feeling, regardless of whether or not they're organizers, but the absolute like sort of performative pandemonium and um that that i i without knowing anyone personally i can make this recommendation yeah. don't follow people who are doing that like or if you have to follow them because they're your friends like mute them and follow a ton of organizers like yes. follow activists follow people who are like this is really bad I'm taking some time to mourn. I'm taking some time to grieve. I'm taking some time to eat pizza for eight people and get high. But we and have then a plan. I'm doing the work. And then we're doing the work. Yeah. And yeah. like, look, Nancy Pelosi backed the only anti-abortion Democrat. The only. I can't like, even. I, weeks ago. Nancy Pelosi she, she had two options. Stumped. Stumped for an anti-choice Democrat yeah, who was stumped. running against a progressive Latina candidate. Meanwhile, today in Illinois, I believe there is somebody running who got the Biden endorsement who also voted to keep the Keystone pipeline in place. So you're looking at this and I want you to remember that it is very stressful to get 17 text messages from Act Blue saying like, oh my God, we need your it's happening. They're it's coming happening. for us. This Here's is the what's one. happening, Nancy Pelosi, who keeps asking me for $12. She knows it's happening. She knew it was happening. She was in support of someone who wanted it to happen. She does not get my $15. And I she think read we a goddamn can, poem. She read a goddamn poem. Um, I, she does not get my vote. 
uh, she does not get my support. That's not me being an anti-Democrat. That's not me throwing my weight behind the Republican Party. It's literally just saying, I think we can do better here. And if you similarly in May 2020 and June 2020, prior to that, felt deep down that you knew Black Lives Matter, that you knew what it meant when people said Black Lives Matter, that you heard someone say All Lives Matter and you thought, no, that's not that's not it. <laughs> but you also weren't very loud about it because you felt like it wasn't your place. You felt like you weren't informed enough. You felt like you didn't want anyone to get mad at you. Take a similar approach now. If you now are very comfortable saying Black Lives Matter and you know that that's right and you know why it's right and you know and there's no it's unequivocal to you that you believe that take a similar approach to your sort of learning and your process to mm-hmm. p- to a more progressive place in politics also progressive um beliefs are also like a spectrum like i'm sure if sally and i sat down we actually wouldn't like there'd be some stuff that i'm like oh i don't know if that and sally would be like yeah that you know what i mean like it's not like not everybody is aligned. What we all agree with is that what we have now is not good and things need to be better and serve more people. And yeah, I mean, I, and I think also like broadly we're aligned in the sense that like we think that everyone has humanity and deserves like justice and be, and to be treated like a person, how that bears out in like policies. Like, yeah, who knows? Totally. But, um, yeah, Nancy Pelosi does not get the, welcome, can you go a little further treatment? Like that's a really good example of like, like you've someone you're in power. You've shown who you are. You're pulling the shit. You don't get my 12 bucks. No, not at all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And the good news, though, is that there are so many, like, Caroline, I know you're, it, I think from Instagram, I learned that you're really into DSA, and that's, like, who, how you're, like, plugged into progressive stuff. In LA, stuff. yeah, yeah. In LA. Mm-hmm. Another great way to, if you want to be plugged into a more progressive, like, political, you know, a, a, a more political, um, like, a a movement that's focused on electoral politics, Working Families Party Love has it. chapters all over the country and yeah. they're really amazing. And not only do they have, is there like amazing volunteer work you can do with them, such as like canvassing and phone banking and text banking, but they have these national organizing calls that you can join on Zoom. And you just listen to basically like leaders um, in the Working Families Party, also candidates and stuff, talking about what they have planned and what's coming up. And they start every meeting by saying, we are starting the working class multiracial movement of our dreams. And every and they go on to just be like, here's what we're doing. We're really fired up. And it's just like, when you feel despair and you feel like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You 
call into one of those things and you're like, oh, we have a plan. People are leading us somewhere. Right. I'm going to jump in on this. Right. There's actually places you can go, things you can do, like th- people that need your help and like have actual concrete things that they like, like tasks. That's why I say like bring your gifts. If you're a spreadsheet person, if you're an artistic person, like someone will put you to work. It's um, so true. The other thing too is you can, the DSA, the Working Families Party, um, they all make voter guides and you can bring them to the polls with you. Even if mm-hmm. you are just deciding today on primary day in a lot of states as we head up to midterms in November, even if you're like, well, I would love to vote for these people. I don't know who they are. Literally Google your state and like either the social, you know, socialist endorsement or the working family party endorsement. If you're voting at home, I literally kept my ballot up and like Googled everyone's name. My friend in New York, who's extremely progressive um, and has been involved with Working Families Party uh, and DSA for many, many years, even said that she had to Google some names on the New York primary this year. They don't make it easy for us. You know, there's not some like Mm -hmm. secret thing that we all know that you don't know. It's just all the information is there. You just have to look for it. Um, The other thing about Working Working Families Party, too, which Dan told me a while ago, because he always votes and he has always voted Working Families, is that a lot of times on the ballot, the Democratic candidate will be on the working families uh, column and it doesn't change how the vote is counted. But if you vote in the working families party for Joe Biden, instead of in the democratic party, that data of how many people are, are aligning themselves with working families, even though all the candidates sometimes are the same is helpful. And so if you feel comfortable, you can always vote aligned under that party. Exactly. I mean, that's how we get away from a two-party system. We literally just have to like align ourselves with a third party. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, um, since we're mentioning things people can do, there's a place called Common Cause, which is like a democracy watchdog place. They just do a lot of like research and reports on like keeping, I was going to say keeping elections like free and fair, but of course they're not already. But they, when I was looking for things to do after 2020, I was like, what are my skills I am I am an online sicko. Well, it turns out <laughs> that one thing you can do for them is you can do social media monitoring. So they train you. Oh wow. And you just you can you choose your social media. You can do Twitter or Facebook or um Reddit. I I <laughs> you can Jesus. do Nextdoor, which okay. I signed up for, which is a real ride. And basically they like teach you how to pay attention to what kinds of things uh, are posting and there was so much misinformation in the yeah. last election and you know they 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 show you you know because of our vol- because our volunteers you know flagged the following things we removed 5000 posts from Facebook telling you know directing people to the wrong place to vote or lying about what the democrats want to do it's yep. it's really um it's like a good and if 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 you're too if if the partisan thing if you can't figure out like how to get involved electorally, that's like a really good, just kind of like straight up um, uh, voting rights access thing to get involved in. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Next door is also someone um, messaged me yesterday about getting uh, in regards to sort of becoming more involved in local elections. They were like, next door is a cesspool of from hell. But also if you want to, if you want to be at like a constant 24 seven town hall of your uh, direct community. That's what next door is technically. And you, yeah. if you feel like you have the stomach to do it, she's like, we got someone very progressive elected because we sort of like kind of went in and like 
tag teamed the next door, gave them the real information, explained. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, like, yes, that is small, uh, but also meaningful. Uh, It's a niche, but it's meaningful. Everyone has a next door community. I've avoided mine. But yesterday was the first time I thought maybe I should be paying attention to what other people in my neighborhood care about, whether I like it or not. I'd love to see what the deal is. Um, But yeah, and, you know, technology makes it super easy. Look, we said we were going to just kind of cover this for five minutes. Of course, it's been like an hour. And here we are. And here we are. You know, Sally and Caroline heads know. Um, They know. They know. They know. Um, We this is the second time we've We've sat down to record about (laughs) a particular. What if we just keep sitting down to record that one episode and never never do it? I know. Well, I, I love keeping this like this. I like this. This is sort of a like a conversational episode about the goings on. Um, and a absolutely judgment-free zone of saying you could have felt up until two minutes ago that the Bernie fans were the ones that gave us Trump in 2016. That's okay. Um, you're allowed to feel that way. I felt that way. Uh, but we can move on from that. You're more than welcome to yeah, move and on my, from and that. My- Yeah. And my question also to those people and not in a sarcastic or rhetorical way is like, what do you need to move on from that and to, you know, get involved in a way that moves things forward? Because that's, that's what we need to be doing. Yes. And I'm going to put all those books. Can you remind me the website that you just told me about that you could comment? Oh, Common Cause. Yeah. Here, I'll just, I can like, yeah, commoncause.org. I'll put it in the chat. There's that. And then let me put this book. Okay, that's in the chat. And then also follow the kids as we get the, older. The Zoomers? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, as we get older, our views are the generations below us become more progressive. We're more progressive mm-hmm. than our parents. Our parents are more progressive than their parents till the end of time. Um, I think, kind of, what you're seeing now, too between like like aged groups on social media is that you are seeing some people who think that their version of liberal and progressive is the most and that anything more left of them is just crazy. That is not true. Uh, So if you're looking for guidance beyond um, the activists and beyond the people doing the work, like younger people seem to have a hugely impressive grasp on oh my god things. yeah also I as it pertains agree more. to gender as it pertains to like consent like all of the it's just a totally different world it now. is it's a different ball game they're not fucking around they're, they're not they they get things on like another level and are i think in some ways like cu- coming of age at a time where like, I, I sort of think people my age, I'm um, in my early 40s, are like a little, a lot of us white 40-year-old 40 40-year-old heads are like mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit like poisoned by mm-hmm. what we grew up with and um, a little can be a little bit stuck in our ways, which is like a real buzzkill when you think about the fact that we're still only in our 40s. But you but could like, say that about anyone, right? I mean, you could say that about any group. It's right? true. It's true. I just I just feel like the the youngsters are – just doing a different thing. I feel like they're thinking in, in yeah. different ways. They get it. The, the, the Gen Zers who get it, get it. Um, and you know what? In 20 years, they will be out of touch. Mm-hmm. We're millenni- we're, are you technically Gen X or are you a millennial? So thank you for asking. You're uh, 
I looked into this. I am technically, <laughs> are you aware of something called a, an, an exennial? No, but are you right in that year? I'm right in, yeah, there's like a two-year period. So I thought that I could either be an elder millennial or a young Gen X. It turns out, I was corrected. I tweeted that. I was corrected. I'm I'm either like a young Gen X, Gen X or an exennial. Um, but let me tell you something about Gen Z, Caroline. Let me, let me hear it. What we're not going to do? We're not bringing back low-rise pants. No, I don't we are care. not. And thin eyebrows. It's not happening. No. And we're it's done. never happening. And look, I was in Target the other day and there were so many horrible Oh my god, that was so funny. things. I literally never make reels on the spot and I was like I have to do this. And someone commented, "Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it." And I've never heard anything more true. Because, oh my God, are you guys crazy? Terry cloth baby doll dresses? What are you doing? We are not, not bringing back low rise pants. We're not bringing back a halter a top. tank. It's just not happening. I can't do no, it. No, it's not. I won't do it. And it makes We've me suffered see, enough. It makes me see the mom jeans SNL skit differently. <laughs> totally. It makes that's me so see real. it differently and it makes me appreciate it because you know what? It It's exactly the way, like my poor parents working so hard to buy me the world's ugliest clothing, and now we're doing this again? Insane. And now we're doing it again. Insane. I know. We've, keep we've your put everyone through. Big and bushy. Keep your pants high and tight. and High high and tight and, and proud. And let's change I, the world. <laughs> there's no rise too high for me. Yeah. Get, get, me some, get me some neck rise neck jeans. Neck high jeans. Exactly. <laughs> put I, me, I love put, when my jeans touch the top of my – the bottom of my bra. I love that. That's yeah, exactly I just, what I want. I saw, um, I forget where I was, like Urban Outfitters or something like that. Ugh. And there was like, it was like rib rise or something. Oh it was like a new God. word for like even higher rise. But you Good. know what? Give me it. Put on your high rise jeans uh, and get and get and go to workingfamiliesparty.org. Yeah. yeah. Show your elders some respect and do not wear <laughs> low rise yeah. pants around us. We all have PTSD. My eyebrows remain triggered by the year 2006. Um, there are some eyebrows that just never fully came back, Caroline. Uh, I know. I mean, I was I haven't done my eyebrows in such a long time because I think I fear. Like I'd rather have one eyebrow than no eyebrows. And, and that, yeah, the, no, totally. It the was a tiny tough time. sperm that were floating on my face when I was a sophomore <laughs> in college shall not perish from the earth. Um it was oh rocky rocky. I'm glad we talked about this though. I feel like I want it. I'm glad that it's going to be somewhere where it's evergreen. I'm glad to have had a conversation with you about it rather than talking to myself. No, um, same. I, it's I, nice. I've really appreciated what you've been doing on Instagram. I've been feeling really, it's really energizing. You're, I don't know. It's just, it's important like to, to say the things you're saying and to have these conversations and to be able to be vulnerable, but also take a stance because you're not being like, I get it. Don't you have to do anything if you don't want? Like, you're like, no, 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 we have to do stuff. It's just that like, it's okay if you're just starting now. And I think yeah. that's right and cool. And I'm, I'm really glad that we're, this Thank was you. very cathartic for me, I will say. It, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, look, like I, it's funny. There's no one on Instagram would know this because I'm not sharing my DMs, but overwhelmingly the response to this moment from this community has been like, you know what? Like, yes, it's, I agree with this or like, that's great. I'm not totally there yet, but I think I could be. And the reason why they're not totally there yet is because it's like, here, do some of this reading. Like, right. Like, I, you don't, you don't have to spend all of your energy being the one thing that convinces someone. You literally can just hand them resources and let them come to the decision on their own. But if 
June 2020 radicalized you into being someone who is comfortable saying Black Lives Matter in a space where maybe before you felt self-conscious about saying it or that people would like demand like Black Lives Matter name three of their albums or like, you know, what have you done? How can you say that? Like you haven't done anything. Saying it out loud is like the first step. And that is the like gateway in. And I would say like, use this moment similarly. Like if you could, I'll say it for the third time. If you look around you and you think this could be better or we could do better, there are people doing that and just go find them. Yes. Love it. Like, fave, I mean, retweet. We, re- we will never get I to just the said actual re- top. Fave, retweet. retweet. Repost, reblog, share, subscribe. quote, tweet, this, subscribe. Like, I did a thing. <laughs> this, this, period. <laughs> this, this, period. Wow. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have, I have nothing to add. Just putting this here. Just putting <laughs> this here. Just leaving this here. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> That's it. That's the tweet. Uh, Sally, will we ever talk about the shows that we're rewatching, the streaming? Nothing. Never again. And it's <laughs> it's ironic because basically all I do is watch TV. Me like, too. <laughs> it's like 90% of my personality is watching TV. Yes, we will talk about it. We have we to talk about it. Let's give a little teaser, like like for okay. part two kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. You have uh, – I'm going to ask you a question and you have 60 seconds to just say whatever you want on the topic and then I'll – I'll do oh my the God. same thing. Sally, okay. what is your most watched comfort TV show? And is it the same show that you've been watching as of as of lately? Uh, great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, I have a few different comfort shows. It, I think it's not the one you're thinking. Okay. I have to I have to tell you, Caroline, that I am a, a new girl head. <gasps> that, I'm a big new girl head. I actually, oh. earlier today, I was wearing, I have a Nick Miller shirt I just got. Um, I, I have to show it to you because maybe you'll appreciate if you're a new girl head. Um, uh, yes. Are you? Yes, okay. I'm a new girl head. New girl, new girl, um, new girl rewatch podcast, by the way. Put a pin in that because I wanted oh. to do that for a while. But, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I am doing that. I, you know, listen, there are a lot of things I don't like about it. I hate like the Schmidt in a fat suit thing that's yep. so annoying and bad and anti-fat. I There's a lot of like weird racist shit in there. There's just like, you know, listen, like it's a show from 15 years ago or something like that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. That said, there's a lot of stuff that does work, such as Winston Bishop, um, mm-hmm. such as Nick Miller. There's just some great stuff. It's funny. Uh, it's cozy. There's stuff about friendship. There's stuff about dating. It's silly. There are great guest stars. You get your Lizzie Kaplan. You get your Tom Lennon. I mean, oh. the list goes on. Uh, that is like a number one A++++ comfort watch for me. I will, I will tell you, I'm totally on the same page for me new girl especially the first couple seasons so strong for me i kind of fell off a little bit towards the end because i didn't watch it in real time uh dan and dan was is a new girl head of course because we've decided that in another in another world sally and dan are either the same person or life partners yeah Yeah. exactly um dan is a new girl head i was kind of anti because like i feel like very scarred by like the garden state moments. And I feel like the oh, manic yeah, pixie yeah, yeah. dream girl kind of stuff. Sure, like, sure, sure, sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, of which Zoe is very um, p- much part of or much defined by. Yeah. But truly, and Dan, Dan will tell you this, one of the only very few shows where I am laughing out loud and it's so funny. Uh, it's so funny. It, 
it's a real similarly to kind of the office like the the beat and the cadence of the comedy is just brilliant like it does it's n- it's not about like the kind of humor you have and it's not about the kind of jokes they are it's literally about the comedic timing and it's so it, true. You're so it's right, Caroline. So funny. It is just like one of the funniest shows. And I could not even retell a joke like off the top of my head, but I laugh loudly. Um, and one of the the episodes I always think about is the Thanksgiving episode with uh Justin Long. So and, good. And because I every Thanksgiving I sing the song that they sing in the school play um (laughs) but there's that part where Justin Long's like my my grandmother died uh around Halloween and she goes oh that explains the Halloween concert and it just bounces back to the Halloween concert um and it's three kids going what is life what is it for do we start dying the moment we are born (laughs) and they're dressed they're like in costume singing it's so funny (laughs) Oh gosh, that's a new girl would be a great rewatch right now. Oh, I it's would a, love it's that. good. It you know, it's it's one of those shows that like is is not topical per se, so you don't mm. really have to engage with like anything real real in the political realm, but it's also very grounded in just kind of like everyday. It's um, I mean, in many ways it's like a Seinfeld-esque show about nothing. Yes. Uh, I I find it like I think the jokes are really dense, really good. It it's it's wild because Everyone on that show has incredible comedic timing. And as yeah. I've rewatched it, I started out being like that Ma- Max Greenfield, that Zoe Deschanel. But then I was like, wait a second, Lamorne Morris is incredible. And wait a second, so is Jake Johnson. So is Hannah Simone. Like, it's just, it's just so, so, so good. And, it's a perfect uh, ensemble. It really is it's like a, a perfect, perfect ensemble. ensemble. It's a perfect cast, perfect ensemble. Oh my God. Oh, True American. True uh, American is great. Oh. If you guys aren't new girl heads yet, you need to be new girl heads. Beco- definitely become new girl heads, especially in this moment. But Caroline, now I, I have to ask you, I know I took way more than 60 seconds. No, no, but because I, I added to it. I love that. Mine is okay. Gilmore Girls. Mine okay. is the first like four seasons of Gilmore Girls. And then it sort of falls off for me. I'm very particular. <laughs> like if I don't get the cozy feeling, I got to go back to the beginning. And You're for done. so long, I'm like, got to push through. I don't think I've ever gotten to the end of Gilmore Girls. I don't even know what happened. How many seasons are there? There's about, I think there's seven. And I think okay. it's it's around the, oh, like two thirds of the way into five. I'm like, I just want to go back to season one and watch it again. Here's why. Love a New England small town. Love it. Mm-hmm. Who Lo- doesn't? I love that it's on a, a soundstage. I don't want no, any surprises. I like that it's a controlled environment. Uh I similarly, the comedic timing, the dialogue of it all. A lot of people do not like the Amy Sherman Palladino. A lot of people are not Amy Sherman Palladino heads, but I am. I am one. I like how fast the talking is. I Um, feel like I could be one. I feel like I have to give it a chance. I've never really sat down. I've, you know, I've, I understand. I know kind of what it's about and stuff because I've like passed through while flipping channels and stuff, Um, but I've never watched it. And I just, I feel like I could get into it just because enough people whose taste I overlap. You know, here's the test. Does Dan like Gilmore Girls? He hates it and you will too. Okay. And so I think I got, okay. you know that's what? That's the answer. It, you know what though? But you know, who knows? Maybe that's the split. I don't know. But knowing what I know about you, what I know about Dan, what I know about where you guys intersect, I don't know that you'll like it. It's also very problematic. It's a show from 2003, 2002 even. There's a lot of like anti-fat stuff in there. There's a lot of mm-hmm. like weird jokes. Not like a ton of, 
gay panic, but like there always is, you know, if it's a there show from is, 2002, yeah. there always is. But there's, but I think it's something that if you grew up watching, if you watched it when mm-hmm. it came out, which mm-hmm. I did, I think it's a lot easier to bring that into another place with you. It sort of gives me a reminder of like, I don't know, just the very basic, uh, enjoyment of like a 42 minute programming. I don't know if you watch it for the first time in 2022, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is Yeah, that's, good. that's, that's fair. That's really um, fair. That's how I feel when I recommend like Buffy to someone. I just feel like at this time, at this right. point in our history, maybe, maybe we've just moved past that as a society. But there is a show that you and I both have in common. And this is where I'm going to say to you guys, gee, thanks heads. You're going to have to like for part two, because we're not going to get into it yet. But what <laughs> nice. I will tell you about this show without naming it, though, Sally knows what show I'm talking about. I have rewatched the show probably like four times, the first season, especially four times in the last like seven years, like every once in a while, I'll just put it on more. It has never happened with any other show. This is not the case with any other show. This is the only show where when I rewatch it, every time I get to an episode, I'm like, I don't remember how this ends. And Dan's a big fan of the show. And he'll be like, oh, you remember like this person did this. And here's the person who did this. And I'm like, I couldn't tell you. And I've seen it multiple times. It Once I watch it, it just leaves my brain. And then I get to see it for the first That's time all beautiful. over again. It's actually kind of amazing. And I'm not going to tell great. anyone what yeah. I'm talking Let, about. Let's not say, but <laughs> I, I will extend the tease by saying it is like a show that if you can come back to it without remembering what happens, you will be richly rewarded. So Richly that's rewarded. Great. I, I richly. did something right in a past life to get this gift. And I appreciate yeah. it. No, it's true. Absolutely. So, Sally, thanks for co-hosting this sort of special one-off episode of Gee Thanks, Let's Burn It All Down. Um, or, <laughs> gee, oh, thanks, I, I like, like to-, to burn it all down. <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, oh, gee, oh, gee I- let's burn it all down. <laughs> oh, gee, let's burn it all down. I like that. Um, um, oh, it's so good. It's so uh, good. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Anytime we're going to get back together next week to talk about the mystery show that shan't be named. Um, but... If, if we have any new girl heads out there, if we've got any Gilmore girl heads, any girl heads out there, I want to hear from you. Uh, if you started Gilmore Girls as an adult and understand what I'm talking about, I would love to put it into better words and would love your input. You can always reach out. And uh, until next time, you know, <laughs> smoke weed. Go I don't do, know. Like, go go do watch some thing. commercials, yeah. <laughs> eat some pizza. Until next time. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll put the resources we talked about in our um, the show notes. Sally, uh, without having to give every single person a state by state guide to their progressive like organizations, what's the best way to like Google what's happening in your neck of the woods? Like what what terms should people be putting into the search bar? I'm a big fan of just working families party because they have chapters all over the country. And I think that's a really, really good place to start. And then the other thing I would say is like, if you're not uh, join, join Facebook groups in your community and, Mm. uh, or next door groups in your community, even like r slash whatever it's, I think it depends on where you live, but like r slash Philadelphia, there's like people talking about stuff. I, I like any way you can get plugged in. Um, through those channels, I would say go for it. You just listened to another episode of Do Thanks Just Bought It, edited and mixed by Veronica Gruba and produced and hosted by me, Caroline Moss. In between episodes, you can always head to the G Thanks Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod and the G Thanks Facebook group. 
to get and give life-changing recommendations of your own. Subscribe to our weekly sale and discount emails at gthanks.substack.com. It's free. And you can reach me at caroline at gthanksjustboughtit.com or leave me a message at 424-245-0736 with a product recommendation and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. G Thanks is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our G Thanks content free and accessible to all, consider making a monthly donation of $2 to keep us going at patreon.com slash G Thanks and friends.